Welcome to the podcast of Fairmount Presbyterian Church in Cleveland Heights, Ohio, where we feature our worship sermons. Listen again to past sermons from home, when you are traveling, or wherever you are. Listen in if you need a moment of reflection, inspiration, and love. Well, for our younger listeners today, and really for anybody who's listening, I have five words for you to listen for. Trust, listen, obey, understand, share. Again, trust, listen, obey, understand, share. The book of Acts picks up the stories of what happened to the disciples and Jesus' followers after Easter and after Jesus ascends to heaven. It follows them as they begin to form the church, not so much in the sense of the buildings, but of people and practices, traditions, and beliefs of the followers of Jesus. They're also trying to figure out how to use these new gifts of healing, preaching, and teaching to share the good news with more people. And they're doing this in the middle of a particular cultural framework, some of which they break out of, and some of which they continue to live within. Now let's remember that a centurion holds a particular place of power and prestige in some circles, and disdain and hatred in others. As one commentator explains, Cornelius is an outsider, a foreign general and part of the military invading force that dominates Judea. At first glimpse, we might expect him to be a villain. Now Peter, on the other hand, has been around since the days of Jesus and has been acting as an important leader among the disciples and in the newly forming community of believers. So both men, separated by great distance and culture and not knowing anything of each other, happen to have visions within just a few hours of one another. And each of them trusts the vision. They don't get caught up in bafflement that an angel of God or a voice clearly speaking on behalf of God was coming to them. They then trust the words and commands that they hear as real and true. They listen to them. And they obey. They do what God is telling them to do. For Cornelius, that means that he sends men to Joppa to find this Simon they call Peter, even though he doesn't really know why. And for Peter, while he is still trying to make sense of his vision, he ends up going with these men back to meet Cornelius. And in so doing, he comes to understand the original vision he has received, that he should not be calling anyone or anything profane, including the Gentiles, that he's not supposed to be associating with. These two men's visions are dependent on one another. They don't know each other for Adam, as my father would say, but God has chosen to intricately link them together, which means that the fullness of their understanding of God and being able to share that understanding with others and the expansion of God's kingdom on earth depends on these two men trusting, listening, and obeying God's words. Now, looking at this story in this way makes me really excited about the ways God's providence has me connected in an important and unknown ways with all of you and with folks I haven't even met yet. 
but it also makes me a bit worried that maybe I've missed opportunities in which God was calling me to help widen God's kingdom because I happened to ignore God's voice and overlooked how God was weaving the strands of our lives together. Well, for the last year, I've been involved in an Ignatian prayer practice called the Spiritual Exercises. My spiritual director recommended this practice to me because when we were meeting monthly via Zoom as the pandemic was really getting going, it became clear that I was feeling a bit untethered, to put it mildly. I, like all of you, had lost the rhythms of my life, of work and life together that I had known. I'd lost the basic access to ways in which I did ministry, like showing up and seeing anybody ever. I'd lost any quiet or alone time that wasn't in the middle of the night. I knew that God was near. Miraculously, I didn't lose that understanding, but I couldn't figure out what I was supposed to be doing at any given moment or when that might change, or how I might be able to help anyone else navigate these same challenges. But this prayer practice helps me to pray intentionally and with much more focus. And unlike other disciplines I have tempted in my life, I actually stuck with it, partly because I was held accountable for it, and partly because the prayer time was actually changing me but mostly because I had someone to talk with about it. Have you ever had one of those moments where you're in the middle of something that seems so big and you have no idea what to do, and then you have a conversation with someone about it and you hear yourself saying the words you need to hear? You hear yourself outlining what you need to do next? Well, that's what was happening with me and my spiritual director, and that's what's happening with Cornelius and Peter in this story. They had independent experiences, and they both trust and listen to God and obey the instructions that they're given, which leads them to a place of great revelation and understanding. I cannot emphasize enough how important Peter's revelation is. This revelation leads him into relationship with a whole lot of people he never would have approached before. And this revelation allows him to share the good news that God shows no partiality and accepts anyone who fears God and does what is right, by which we mean anyone who attempts to follow and believe in God and tries their best to do as much right as possible, but is not actually perfect. Peter also gets to share the good news of peace from Jesus the one who was anointed by the Holy Spirit and healed the people because God was with him, the one who was raised on the third day after his death and ate and drank with his followers, instructing them to share the good news with the people, by which Peter now understands means all the people, not just some of them. And not only does this revelation bring about the sharing of the good news, it brings the Spirit to be with those who have gathered and welcomes them into the community of believers. That's huge. In the span of these verses, we go from, oh, look, the angel of the Lord is here. Let's hear what he has to say, to a complete cultural flip, a transformation, if you will, that allows more people to welcome one another into their lives 
and into the loving embrace of God. So when the sermon series asks again on this final week, where do we go from here? The answer might be nowhere yet. Where we're going is not a place, but it's a practice. A practice of taking a moment to trust and listen, then obey, understand, and share. Our congregation is currently in the process of discernment on many fronts, which includes, but is not limited to, discerning how to do hybrid church in a way that includes not only content, but connection. Discerning if there are ways that we can be together in person safely. Discerning what we're looking for in a new pastor. Discerning what a ministry of care could look like in a congregation that has traditionally kept a lot of their personal concerns and needs more private, just to name a few. A group of people met a week ago to talk about a potential for restarting Stephen Ministry here at Fairmount. Stephen Ministry is a ministry that organizes, equips, and supervises a team of congregation members called Stephen Ministers to provide high-quality, confidential, one-to-one, Christ-centered care to people in the congregation and community experiencing life difficulties, things like grief, divorce, illness, job loss, family concerns. We talked through the logistics of how we get from where we are now to where we are to have this ministry in place, like time commitments and what training looks like. But then the deeper questions came. Is the congregation open to this kind of ministry? Would there be people willing to receive care? Do people who may have the resources to find therapeutic or medical care from other places also see a need for the spiritual care that these individuals could provide? This was not where I saw the conversation going. (laughs) And I had a moment of trying to re-strategize the entire meeting in my brain. But then it occurred to me, Lindsay, you individually are not being asked to make any decisions or make anything happen on your own. Look at the people that God has gathered together for discerning. Trust. Listen. Obey. Understand. Share. This is where we go from here. And we all need to participate for an order for that circle to be completed. Pastor Jesse got a call a few weeks ago from a man wondering if his 91-year-old member mother was still a member because she's now in hospice and he wanted to make sure that her memorial service could happen here at the church when it was time for that. Now you don't get a phone call like that and then not figure out how to go see the 91-year-old woman. So I found my way to her about a week and a half ago. Hers was not a name that I was familiar with, though I did know that Peter Horth, our parish associate for visitation, had been visiting and calling her. When I showed up and said I was from the church and took out the prayer shawl that I had brought for her, not just her face, but her entire being lit up. Over the course of this conversation, she told me that she had been praying for us, Even though she wasn't able to come to church or watch the services online, she was praying for us. 
She was sad to hear that the church was smaller than she remembered, but she remarked, it'll be okay, and I'll keep praying. When I told Jesse this story, she said immediately, what if the whole reason we have been able to keep going was because this woman whose name we didn't even know was praying for us? That happens all the time in the Bible. And then she listed all of these times when it really did happen in the Bible. Now, many of you have shared with me that you're praying for this church and for its leaders, and I'm sure that many more of you are doing that than I'm even aware of. And I want to say thank you because we need all of the prayers And this story is not meant to undermine that, but rather to highlight the ways in which we are connected to one another and dependent on one another that we don't even know and can't even possibly fathom. Trust. Listen, obey, understand, share. This is where we go from here, and we need one another to do it. So, What's God been saying to you lately? It's not a rhetorical question. I do actually want to know. I do actually want you to come and tell me or call me or email or text me. Because after spending this week thinking about Cornelius and Peter, I have this funny feeling that I might need to know. Hallelujah. And amen. We thank you for listening to a worship episode from Fairmount Presbyterian Church. Revisit this podcast site weekly for new worship episodes. Have a beautiful and blessed day.